Welcome to The Journeyman Cave, a podcast where we meet and chat with some of boxing's more seasoned road warriors. Hosted by Mark Shakespeare and Chris Scar. Welcome back to The Journeyman Cave, everybody. Back with round 27. With me as always, Mr. Mark Shakespeare, how are we doing? We're cracking on, mate, we're cracking on, we're doing good. We certainly are, we're rifling through them. Just keeps going, don't we, mate? Shall we, uh, do you want to tell the listeners who we've got this week? Yeah, we have, mate. Um, it were down to Mr. Carl Wilde um, to get this guy in. Oh, yeah. And um, we've got the one and only Billy Boyle, and I'll let, we'll let you tell him his nickname, because you like that, don't I you? Do, I do like this one, he's the people's poet. And there's there's one thing for sure they didn't want it, <laughs> they didn't want him to have that name did they Jim? No. But he yeah. would he was determined to have it, wasn't he? He, were, he explains that doesn't he in episode um, brilliant interview again. Um, he made the short trip from Sheffield up to see us, didn't he? Another Wednesday, right? <sighs> I know. <laughs> Few of them knocking about, didn't they? Mm, plenty of them. As always, guys, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, give it a share. Every little helps us. Uh, we just want to keep these keep these going and in fact check it the next episode that should be released after this one should be coming from our trip to Birmingham this weekend oh hopefully so mate yeah it's all planned oh. boss has let me out for day aren't she <laughs> she's a good one ah, so yeah we'll be off to Birmingham and hopefully a couple of really good fighters to look forward to yeah definitely and hopefully we'll stay clear of that uh, clean air zone yeah, we need to do, don't we, mate, this time? As, as bank balances, uh, definitely need to do that. <laughs> definitely, mate, yeah. But we've got a good one, like I said, with Billy Boyle today, mate. Um, I met him a couple of times before he actually come on the show. Um, the day I meant to be coming on the show, his partner actually gave birth. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, well, she didn't give birth on that day, but she was due to give yeah. birth on that day. I so I don't think it would have been appropriate to get him in on that so but thanks for rearranging billy we appreciate it and um i hope all's going well with family and yeah great fighter um bring me some good names like nathan cleverly and i always remember him in the old prize fighter i think he got a tough draw mm. with tony oki in that first round it was a close fight and i think that'll worthy the final the prize fighter that one yeah and i think if he had a better draw i think he might have got to that final but yeah Great guy. Um, also a paratrooper as well. Tough man. Oh, yeah. So Definitely. he had to talk about that a little bit. And um, he likes to have a little wind-up about Ross Birkin, Sean. It's all in good fun, <laughs> Ross. Don't worry. There's no there's no um, hard feelings at all, but it's all good fun. And I think you'll appreciate it, mate. Yeah. So, well, let's go and uh, get Billy in. Yeah, let's get him in. Well, shall I start with uh, that comment that Ryan Hardy left? On Instagram. <laughs> well, I haven't read this comment, so I think we should start. <laughs> it's because he's ginger, so he will say something abusive. <laughs> no, he, said, he actually said, I think I posted a photo of you two when you met last time. Yeah. And he said, uh, and we'd said, like, you know, future guest on show, and Ryan Hardy commented, ask him about when he battered a blade. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Depends where this is going. You know. <laughs> oh, which one now? Um... Uh, I don't know which which one he means to me. There were there has been a couple, um, and I've been to be fair. I got arrested for both, but <laughs> I, obviously one I didn't do, and one he started it. So um, I don't know if he's on about one in Park. Uh, <laughs> genuinely did go with no intention of getting involved. We all so I went on my own, and um, oh, another kid. I, I don't know if I should mention, well, he's not going to, he would here anyway. Uh, he would here with me, mate, older mate. And uh, we were just walking through park and then what I thought at the time, there were like 20 or 30 youngish kids, like 20 odd year old lads. Well, Wednesday's like main mob had gone up other side and we were walking through park and then they decided to come through park and then they sort of charged, if you like, charged towards us. Then we realised they were going to go for us. There were me, this other kid who can have a scrap, and about three or four others. 
then loads of normal Wednesdayites just shouting like pig and stuff like that to him. Obviously, they were getting it back. And um, cut a long story short, they were coming towards us and there were loads of them and they were saying, um, come on, boys, this is enough for us, this is enough for us. And then a big meathead come from side. I knew coppers were there, so it was stupid. He come from side, put his finger up, pointed at me. Just as he said something, I turned around and just hit him twice. And best way I can put it is, you know, like um, De Canio when he pushed that yeah, referee. referee. <laughs> like I say he's a big bloke and I, I don't want to slate him because he didn't do not wrong. Um, I hit him and he like stumbled back, but he stumbled back about five or six times further than he would if he'd have gone down and got back up. And then when he come, got back up, he run at us. So then me and this other kid went, well, obviously, to go for him. Coppers run up, hit me square on bollock with oh. baton. But I don't know if there's something wrong with me or what. It doesn't hurt straight away. It hurts just as much later on, but it doesn't hurt straight away. So I turned around, because what are you doing? Fucking, he's threatening, I'm sorry, swearing, threatening to knock me out. What am I supposed to do anyway? I got nicked, got away, and as I'm walking to the cop car, it then kicked in pain. So I had to like, stop. <laughs> coppers were laughing. They were all right, to be fair, coppers. They were laughing, saying all this, and then they, they know about boxing and that. And they were saying, oh, we've got prize fighter, this, that, and other. Then I got in there, and obviously I got charged, but it went, but I got charged with threatening behaviour. But obviously, when it went to court, you could see that they'd all run at us and mm. he put his finger up. So if it's that one he's on about, <laughs> it's that. <laughs> it's got to be that one, hasn't it? He's, he's, he's an absolute bastard, he is, you know. Uh, he's, got, he's got a question for everybody, Billy. Uh, and some people can say no comment. <laughs> uh, but now, I say I got, I got nicked for that, it went to court, so I'm not going to get done for it here. Good that, lad. That were about 2010. Uh, so. we moved on and matured from them, mate, haven't we? I've moved on, definitely. I don't, <laughs> much, I don't go to matches anymore because it's just just daft. We don't know, do we, mate? Not really. I mean, well, we do this. Saturday's mostly, isn't it? We're only doing this, so I'd rather turn my phone off and turn it back on at full time and see what score is. Uh, now I got, I don't know why, but I got in stupidly. Got into my head when you go at matches. If somebody's screaming at you, you're going to knock your heart, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. To me, it's... If they're going to go for you, it's quite all right. It's not, but it's quite all right <laughs> to hit them first. But yeah. obviously, in that's why. And to be fair to one at Wednesday Coppers, Tom Carr, I rung him from another occasion. I mentioned, not not as bad, but anyway. Um, and he just said, he goes, I'd rather you didn't come. He says, because you will do something. He says, and you'll get nicked all the time. So he says, mm. well, just do that. So you're better off staying away. So I have. <laughs> but I wouldn't do not like that anyway anymore. No, we all grow up, mate, a bit, don't uh, we? Like I said, that's not slating kid who He'll know who he is, but it's not slating him because it was just one of them things. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You might have a listen. You never know, do you, mate? But before you're boxing, mate, we're in army, weren't we? Yeah. We're uh, a bit of an army, weren't we? A para, weren't we? Uh-huh. Um, first past that training when I was 17, went to two para. I would hear for about 10 months in Belfast, but it was like a residential tour. Um, I got, well, I got, I basically, I went on recruiting team because I got injured, but that, that's a daft story. Somebody pissed about and poured petrol on us, but anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got 10 grand for it, so it wasn't that bad. Um, but obviously, I did, well, I went sick for quite a bit, uh, like a month or so. Mm. Um, but then I went, went on recruiting team um, that was regular. You used to get paid like, well, we were only on 30, 40 quid a day. Yeah. But they used to pay you for your food and lodgings. Mm. So you go down town centres, you do unarmed combat displays, like in front of like loads and loads of people. You get paid 30, 40 quid a day extra. So all you were doing was just going on piss every night. and did that for nearly like a year. <laughs> um, and then it come back that I had to go back to, well, I didn't have to go back. I had to pick a battalion to go back to. It were one para or three, so obviously, because they were going to Ireland. So I picked three para to go back to, and I went with them. So I stayed with them for about, about most of my time, about five, six years with them. We're in nearly eight years. It's a long time, that, mate, isn't it? Did you serve anywhere else? Uh, went to Ireland three times, Kosovo, um, and then obviously we're just on exercise in like Canada, places like that. Um, but Canada were going and America, Kenya. No, sorry, I didn't go to Kenya, I'm lying. Um, <laughs> um, towards my last, when I was getting up, because I was a signaller, um, I went in signaller in Reckitt Platoon, but they used to 
come down and ask me to go away with him. So if part of the Italian were going anywhere. So like every weekend for the last month, I went to like Germany, Italy, um, Slovenia and places like that because it just kept coming down for me to go. So I got here for a week. So I got went everywhere in it last like a year or so. Very good then, mate. you get to see much at places? Um, like Canada we did. Canada mm. were brilliant because we were here for six weeks. Right. Um, it's like first time I'd ever been anywhere as good as that. You come, It's like in this country, they found out you were in army. If you were queuing up to go into a nightclub, bouncers would come down and say, no, you're not coming in. Right. In Canada, we were queuing up to get into a nightclub and these big, massive meatheads were coming down saying, anyone British Airborne? So we were like, ah, just ignoring them. Mate, come on, are you, you like British Airborne? We are like, ah. So we turned around and thought they were going to start because we'd had enough. We went, yeah, we are. And they went, oh, come with us. So we're following them into nightclub thinking, what they done here? Obviously one of the lads has done something. You'd go in, bouncer would be like, these aren't paying first drinks on house. Uh-huh. So we were like, what? So you go in and you get your drinks for, like your first drink for free. And then well, obviously we'd lie and say we hadn't had his first drink. <laughs> so we get another one. But no, they did look after us here. Oh, that's good. Uh-huh. It's nice to hear that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and so you should. Uh-huh. You deserve a lot because it, I can imagine it's one of the toughest being in Paris, mate. It's not all... You know, drinking and smiling, is it, all the time? Um, we'll start off. So, would you say kind of what best place you went then, Billy? Uh, yeah. In the uh, in the Paris like yeah. yeah. I said when I when I come out, we did um, close protection, went to Iraq, mm. and did that for like about 18 months. Um, and then, obviously, then I, that's when I started boxing. But, yeah, Canada were definitely best place. No way what coldest, obviously, but, yeah. Mm. I think Scarf is thinking about signing up for Paris now, you know. We're not <laughs> drinking every night. Uh, Getting to front at bar with free ale. I can, I could deal with that. I think he's googling it as we speak, Billy. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> so you didn't get you didn't get boxing until later on then? No. What, what, um, how did that come about? Well I always thought I was too old when I was eighteen <laughs> to start to start boxing before now uh, now I've missed my chance or all the rest of it. Then obviously when you were in Paris we used to do milling. Which, if you've ever seen me box, is basically how <laughs> you don't. If you ducked, you were scared, or you threw a jab or something wrong with you. You just you were supposed to have a minute where you just pummeled each other. And the idea of that is that you get hammered, but you still keep going forward because that's what they wanted. Um, but obviously, when I when I come out, I went to Iraq, come back from there, and um, we're in local pub where a kid who used to box, Neil Booth, and we're, he's a bit older than me. He's proper. Tough kid. Um, and he was, we were messing about and he was saying, I'll take you down boxing, I'll knock you out, I'll do this, that and other. So I went, ah, all right, had a drink. Yeah, go on then. Went down. Um, she said to Glim Rhodes, like, nobody else would ever allow it. Glim Rhodes, yeah, yeah, you can spar. <laughs> was like, he's absolutely levered me because I had no chat, no idea what I was doing, but I enjoyed it. So obviously I kept going down and that's just went on from there. You must have had some good spars in that gym, mate. I mean, I've had Carl in waning ben davis has been in there hasn't he yeah there was some good quality sparring in that i bet you could pay to go watch some of that sparring in there mate oh uh, see cole probably brought my nose every time we sparred um, he did did he this, honestly every time he threw a jab he couldn't miss man well not i haven't got a big nose i must have a big head but every time we were throwing it it connects and my nose would just splatter at first obviously your eyes going like that, and then after a bit, it just pulls with blood. You just, just think, like, didn't even notice that we were doing it. Um, but he had him, um, Jez Wilson. This, I'm not just saying this either, but Jez used to hit you with a left hook, and when I was boxing, it didn't used to, you'd get a proper, when he hit yeah. you. <laughs> um, he had him, Clinton Woods, he started coming down. Um, I'm trying to think of all others that we had. I can't think of him now, now I'm sat down. But I understand why Carl wanted to get you on show night. He knew you were going to mention you, but <laughs> oh, you probably know it every time, Billy, wasn't he? Where when, if you watch Carl Spar, you'd be like, oh, well, he's like holding his own again. Well, I don't mean that in disrespect to Clinton Woods, but if you put me in with Clinton Woods, you could see straight away one's a pub fighter, one's a world champion. Mm. Uh, but like we call, he'd, he'd like almost hold his own. He would probably want to, if he could. Box Harry sparred, yeah. he'd have been, well, I don't know, he'd have been British champion or something like that. He were good. I think that's why we called him a gatekeeper, didn't we? Mm. Because he were always up at that level, wasn't he? Yeah. But who, 
So you're saying that when you went with Clinton, it was man versus, a man versus a boy with you then, Billy? I mean, like, Clinton come down and it was just like a normal bloke had come down. It weren't mm. like a world champion. He were talking to you like he were a, all right, Paul, how you doing? Oh, like, it weren't one of these, like, wouldn't acknowledge you because there were people, there were like some blokes like that, but not in our gym, to be fair. But um, it come down and spark Clinton. Go, oh, go on, you can get in with Clinton. Spar with Clinton. I'm like looking at him thinking, what's he, what's he on about? So he'll go on getting, you want to spar with Clinton, don't you? Obviously, to me, saying, I'm like, ah, ah, of course I want, I want leverage. <laughs> you get in with Clinton and he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't take piss at all. He'd just let you. Mm. And obviously, I, I used to box, I used to like pressurize and put yeah. it on him. Clinton would be loud, he'd be like, we'd both be giggling. And then what he'd do is he'd like, old dirty chicks like stamp on, stand on your foot and push you or. Ah. Punching on hip, he punched once on hip, leg went like wobbling all over. He were it were brilliant. Well, Clinton, to be fair, to have Nan at gym, never learned out off him apart from pain. But yeah, ah, but just, <laughs> one thing he might have better boxer, mate, but not a better plaster than these. Oh, he can't plaster. Ah, but he thinks he can, can no. he? I've heard about this. The, I've heard he's a plasterer. <laughs> He did say once he reckoned he were a plasterer, and he said to me, "Am I all right papering or uh, plastering on top of wallpaper?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to deny that, but that's hundred percent. Can you get away with it? Went ah until you get paid and then run off and change your number. <laughs> so we'll we'll have that. We'll call it one all. We're going to uh, call it a draw then, mate. <laughs> uh, he might give you some some thumpings in sparring, mate, but he can't plaster like the mate, can he? That's one thing for sure. So. When we entered the career, mate, 29 fights in total. Yeah. Would you like to have done a few more or were you happy with that 29? Um, just... I'd, have, I'd have liked to have, because I know this, this sounds bad because you get people who love boxing. I liked it, but I it was fuck money. That, yeah. Because I were 30, nearly 31 when I turned pro. That's so, very late, isn't it? Yeah. And I was 30 when every first amateur fight. <laughs> um, but. If he could have fought, because I found out you could fight every, I think it were every week, or if you fought on Friday, you could box the following Saturday. So I found that, so I thought I should be doing that every week, so that's all I wanted to do. Because obviously I get the best part of a month's wage every time for yeah. 12 minutes, 15 minutes. Well, like you said, your record wasn't bad enough, to be quite sad, to say you wanted to be on, on road and fighting every week, mate. Like you said, 13 wins and 16 losses. Yeah. You know what I mean? And... We'll get on to them later on. I mean, as, as your career went on, you had some cracking fighters, didn't you, as you go yeah. on. But Scarfy always likes to know the nicknames, right? And I went on BoxRec. <laughs> Sometimes it's wrong. <laughs> right? Is it right or not right? I've got down here, the people's poet. He's right, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> explain to Scarfy. Glyn was saying, you've got to have a name for boxing. Because I'm not having one. So he goes, we'll call you the Beast. Billy the Beast Boyle, because I'm not being called a sex offender, no. So he's going, <laughs> you go, oh, go on, you've got to pick a name, you've got to pick a name. So I just thought, oh. and I remembered Rick Mail had it, Young Ones. So I went, all right, then, People's Poet. So Glenn went, you're not having People's Poet, I'm not having a nickname then. So he went, oh, we'll call you the Bomb. I goes, you're not calling it Bomb, I'm People's Poet. So I was joking, I went around and telling people, People's Poet. And then obviously when one of the programmes come out, my name wrote it, People's Poet. <laughs> For sound, keep that. I think, think Scarfield will put that in his top five. I love that. Uh, that's, that's quality, that is. Scarfield would have said to me, if you were still going, check it, uh-huh. get down to Blackford's and get a T-shirt made. <laughs> Probably like. We had um, Nick Firth got these T-shirts made for us. Um, we had um, Nick Firth's tiles, Billy Boyle, the people's body. Brilliant. <laughs> Give me 50. And he went, well, what am I going to do with him? He went, give him all your, all your fans, he put it. So I'm, I'm not giving me mates, these will take piss out of me. <laughs> anyway, I get him, like, a couple of mates always used to go everywhere with T-shirts on. I'd have worn them. Uh, well, have we got any left? <laughs> I, I think i get them all the way. I think they did end up having them. Right, get, get another line on them, uh, mate. <laughs> well, when, when I said, when I, when I boxed later on, on prize fighter, John McDonald's ex, his ex, I don't know if you know him, John McDonald. Mm. He's ex one para. They come in straight away as always, and obviously because like Reg blokes always like make a beeline for each other. Yeah. And at first you're always is he making it up? He's, yeah. He's not really. And then obviously we both cotton on. We were telling truth. Um, and then he went 
what's your nickname? So I told him, he went, I'm not announcing you as that. I went, just, that's my nickname. because I'm not announcing a paratrooper as a people's <laughs> poet. So when he announced me on that, he announced me as, um, oh, I, know, um, I should know it because it's part of our, what Montgomery wrote about Paris. Mm. Uh, uh, Billy Boyle, every man an emperor and something else. He, I can't remember it now, I should have wrote it down. Oh, I see. I bet people will be googling it and finding that fight. Well, well, like everyone in all, like watching it, were ex Reg knew what it meant because it was Billy Boyle, every man an emperor. I think that were it. Oh, Billy, every man an emperor Boyle. So obviously, everyone, oh, like everyone else in the audience looking at each other. What's he on about? <laughs> and everyone else, like Reg Bolts, were all laughing, texting me next day. Because I didn't tell him to do that. Brilliant, mate. That's good, mate. So we started off with a right start to your career, Billy. Mm. 11 and 0 to start off with, mate. Yeah. Uh, can we your debut yeah. against David Ingle, Ingleby? Yeah. Uh, where was that then? I, did, I never, obviously, some talent, but I didn't know. Where was that? Can you remember? It was at Grosvenor in Sheffield right. Hotel. It's knocked down now, and I don't know what it is now, but um, it come out with that. They, he got called in day or two before, because mm. um, I was supposed to fight somebody else who wanted a fight or rest, like turning pro. Um, but before fight, Glenn knew that I could sell tickets just because of the first amateur fight or what happened on that, which, but anyway, um, <laughs> he, um, he come phones us a couple of days before Glenn or saw him in gym and he said, uh, we might have to pull the show. We hadn't sold any tickets. Obviously you had to sell 60 tickets and I don't think lads had done many. So he said to me, how many tickets have you done? So I went, oh, about. 150, 180, something like that. And he That's went, a lot, that, mate. I, no, and he goes, how many, no, how many have you sold? How many have you got money for? So I said 150 or whatever it were. He went, not a chance. I went, oh, all right then. <laughs> so, he went, uh, so obviously he goes, wait, fight's on then if you've done them. So obviously Ron, we, that, Dave, that kid, he pulled out and I ended up with him. Um, but we're at Dave Ingleby. This is Glim Rhodes all over. He'll know how to wind people up to get best out of them. Yeah. And um, it's Dave Ingleby. When it ring, Glenn looks across ring and he's big bloke. He's, I don't know what, what eight were, just under 17 stone. Well, I got weighed and Glenn went, keep your clothes on. I went, what? I didn't, keep your clothes on here. Put put them in your pocket. Two water bottles. Mm. <laughs> put them in anyway, It gets weird. I don't know what I wear, like 14 stone. So I go, that's all right. I goes, why, what's he? And he was like nearly 17 stone. So I went, oh, it'll be all right. Anyway, he gets it ring, little like whispers in my ear when he's in there. Obviously, first fight, you'd be expecting to say, don't worry, just move, just do this, just that. Glenn turned around and went, size of him. I went, <laughs> eh, he's a big one, isn't he? And he went, are you scared? And he went, just as he's getting out of the ring, and I went, no, I'm not bothered. And he went, I'd be absolutely shit if he said it by wheel. <laughs> oh, I looked at him. You what? He got out of the ring and went, oof. <laughs> I thought, well, I looked at him. I thought, I'm absolutely battered him now, like Dave Ingham and not Glenn. Anyway, I did all right. I beat him. But I just thought that's typical Glenn. Like other kids, he had to say, oh, don't worry, just do this. With me, he was just winding me up, trying to get best out of me. Yeah, so a good good debut with that for you, mate. And then after that, you fought John Smith with your first TKO, mate. Yeah, was that a good one to get your first stoppage? Yeah, um, it was. He told us a few days before down at Bristol, drove all the way down here at Bristol City's ground. Um, I don't know if I should say this, um, but because I were a pillock years before, and I, I say I don't mess about with all like this now. I got a football banning order. You're not allowed to enter any football ground or out, but ah, <laughs> but it did say under football spectators, like 1989 Part B. I always remember that. But <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm going to Glen. I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. So Glen went, "Oh, you'll be all right." Anyway, boxed him and um, went down, thinking, "Well, I'll be all right. I'll do what I do, whatever. Pressure him, get best out on it, see what goes." Anyway, I, I think I stopped him in. I think I, I don't know if I stopped, dropped him once, and he got back up, and then I stopped him and he got up and shook his head up way out of ring this old bloke oldish bloke come up to me and goes oh i thought he was saying oh well done kid and he went you can fight me over some when he turns pro like, what and he went i go yeah, yeah all right mate yeah thanks yeah you can fight me over son see if you get away with doing what you've just done then I'm like, oh. and then glint pushed me out of way and right. he, he were having a go at you because you've just beat his his ladder yeah. something like that <laughs> yeah that's not the first time that I get mentioned mate uh-huh. 
But yeah, good stoppage with that, mate. And then we'll cut on a little bit, but I like this because you had two leads, lads, didn't you? And you sorted them both out, didn't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> Which I quite like. Sorry, Leeds. I know <laughs> our lads' family are from Leeds, and you know, but it's always nice to get one up on the big city, isn't it? Uh-huh. And um, it in Sheffield, were it Lee Mountford? No, that would it. Where was that? Uh, Doncaster Dome. Doncaster Dome, that's it. I knew it were local. Yeah. And that were a good win to have, mate. Like he says, did you sell a few tickets for that one, you? Yeah. Um, I used to do, on average, about two to 250 tickets. Did you? Yeah. That's something uh, else, that. Yeah. Because... Can I put that on record that they're probably the biggest ticket seller we've had in... I, think I used studio. to do more in Ross, so it used to widen him up. Don't tell Ross <laughs> that. Oh, God. He'll be on phone to us in a minute. He'll be uh, saying, right, I'm coming in. I sold 251. I did it once. I think most <laughs> added were about 280 something. But, yeah, I used to average about 2, 250. Uh, but what I used to do with tickets is whenever I had had a drink, I'd say, they'd say, oh, I'll have five, I'll have five. So, obviously, two days later, they wouldn't answer the phone or all like that. Mm. But I used to say to him, if you're ordering five, you've got to pay for them because I've got to pay for them. So you can't change your mind. So they were like, ah, yeah, yeah, no problem. So, obviously, a few days later, I think, oh, God. So, anyway, that's how I get, that's how I get them to pay. Because I'd say, well, I've paid for them. Oh. That's a good little tip. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah, a good little tip that for any young ones coming up who need to sell tickets. Oh. Yes, definitely the biggest ticket seller we've had. So, what a good win that one then, mate. What are you, any out? Yeah, um, it was. I say it, it were a nice, nice enough bloke about from fact to get punching me, but um, <laughs> they were. Um, they they sold me with a Sky Show. They said sold sell loads of tickets. Um, so obviously get them all on. Um, you'll be on first before the main bout. Because yeah. all my mates were bothered about is drinking, and to be honest, that's all I wanted to do after that fight. Um, so my mate's dad, Paul Carr, his dad, Steve Carr, he used to sponsor us and he used to do out for you. I never asked him for out because I didn't, didn't like it, but he'd, he'd offer it straight away. he put a coach on for everyone in minis, bought loads of tickets, but then gave me money back. I was like, I don't understand what you've done. What he meant is then you can just give him away. Yeah. So he was right generous like that. But... um. So obviously, on fight, they're all ringing me up. What time you're on? I goes, oh, I don't know. It should be before the main event. Anyway, they got there, sat there for three, four hours, whatever it were. By the time I got in, they were taking all lights down above oh. ring. <laughs> it was that last fight. They all had a ring with me. No, I can do about that. Oh dear. Because you used to get that if we put you on first, all, all your all like people come to watch you will go home. Yeah, and I suppose if you're on a big show as well, it's actually on televised. Uh, if you sold 250 tickets, they want them 250 people with bums on seats, so it makes their show look good. Yeah. Well, that's what he used to do. Yeah. My idea, oh, that one at Bristol, he used to do this every fight. Uh, we're going to have to get off early. He used to go up to him and say, his, his missus is about ready to drop. Um, so obviously we need to get him on first. And obviously it got to end where Glyn, they were saying that, Glyn. They turned around and said, Glyn, he must have about 120 kids because every time he come, every time one of your boxers come, they're about to drop. So obviously <laughs> it works at first, but it won't work on them shows. No, not after that then, mate. And then after that, mate, we had another Leeds lad and we says TK on record, Clint Johnson. Ah, uh-huh. I thought it was from Manchester, him, Clint Johnson. Did you? Uh-huh. He says Leeds. Oh, he might, might be. Um, Clint the Body Johnson. Yeah. Carl had fought him and Clinton had fought him. Um, and I, I don't, I think Carl had won. I think uh, Clinton had won, obviously. Um, I think Clinton stopped him at third round. I stopped him at second. So that makes oh. me better than Clinton. Two. <laughs> Clinton won. Billy two. Uh, right. But we were at um, Grosvenor and all lads from work were here. And I say it was back, no, end of November 2007. I think it were, yeah, it were. And um, obviously, he's coming down to the ring, sizing him, and he's got a right, be careful how I said this, I sound a bit suspect, but he's got a, a body that every bloke could want. Yeah. And he's coming down to the ring, and apparently all my mates are like, Jesus, he's going to get absolutely battered about me. He's going to get absolutely battered. Got him ringing, and I say, we'll cut everything. I had a little pot belly. Um, but... Like straight away, as soon as Bell gone, I used to get taught with Phil Woodward, amateurs. First punch you throw, don't bother with a jab, just throw a big A maker. He used to 
work at first, yeah. obviously, until you got up to a decent level. Obviously, he'd come out, like, stood there thinking he was going to throw a jab. I said, bang, caught him. You could see him thinking, I don't like that. So then he kept holding on because it, it, it kept going, to be fair. But then I think it was second round. I just kept hitting him with his head with, like, on it. Whereas if it were on a bold, on a bobble thing, like a bobble, and they just stopped it. Kept bouncing back up. Uh, we'll have to find that out, actually. I'm sure someone will know out there, but I thought you were from Leeds for some reason, Clint Johnson. Oh, because I remember him coming out onto uh, ring to I would walk 500 miles. So I turned around to Glynn and I went, it's only come from Stockport. What's that about? Right then, maybe we were from Leeds and he lived over there. Or I'm sure someone up, Scarf is a statistician. Yeah, I'm sure he'll come back. I think that, I thought a boxer kid called Niels, Nielsen. Mm. I think he were from Leeds. Yeah. And that were in between. Right. Well, no, yeah. It were after uh, Mount Lee Mountford. Yeah. That sounds about right, mate. Now, I always get, every every time, right, I have an interview, there's always one boxer right down, and I don't pronounce his name properly. <laughs> now, I know him. I've seen him before, and I used to like watching him. I used to know him as the Ox. <laughs> I used to call him the Ox. Uh, right? He, he were a proper road warrior. Is it Nick Ocker? Nick Okoff. Okoff, that's oh. how you pronounce it then. Thank you for that, Billy, mate. Yeah. I'm just going to call him the Ox. Because oh. he were a tough cookie, wasn't he? Oh, I, I brought my hand on his head. Yeah. Um, he, he were always known as yeah. a tough cookie. He's one I like to get on the show, actually. I have yeah. messaged him, but I'm only on, as we've said before, Facebook. And I think last time I posted were about 2019, so I take it that counts, not really. Up and, but yeah, I'd like to get the ox on at some point because he were a tough one, and I wanted to know what you thought of him. I think he were an um, ex-marine mm. and he were a fireman. Right. Um, so obviously, yeah. when I got in, paras against marines, were they? Yeah. So, so, so I thought, I no way I'm going to lose to anyone, never mind a marine. He <laughs> um, were a good, a good scrap. Good scrap, remember, yeah. remember bashing him as hard as I could in his head and it was just like I was eating granite or something. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I always knew him were tough, the ox. Yeah. And um, obviously, I thought, I'm going to have to mention that one when I get in there. And I thought it might have been a tough night. So, yeah. And then he brought you down. Oh, he, uh, of concrete then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like, he didn't, I don't think he really caught me with an air on mm. like that. But probably just because I were hitting him that many times. He did that but yeah, I don't mean I battered him or not like that. It, it was just a good scrap. Yeah. But it, it used to be... Obviously, we all audience because I used to sell loads of tickets mm. and all loads come down. We racket they used to make it just made yeah. it all better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good to hear that. We sold some tickets, mate. But yeah, I had to get the ox in, mate. And another one I used to see a bit of as well. You know, it says here TKO. Obviously, we don't know that, but you had Simon Cover, didn't you? Yeah, uh, he was Sim- Simeon Cover. Simeon Cover, yeah. Yeah, uh, um, I think I. Stopped him in about fifth yeah. round or something. We were a good stoppage to have that, mate. You know, uh, not many did. We stopped boxing for a bit after, yeah. for a year or so, and then come back after, and he was doing well. Well, on road again and doing all right. Yeah, I spoke to him a couple of times, and he's on about number one on about coming on, but he's just getting the right time. But um, obviously, we had that one there. Tough, two tough lads there I just mentioned, and then we start getting to real nitty gritty now, really, mate, don't we? Oh. Good start to career, eleven and zero, and then we see they step in to Sky Sports on Prize Fighter, don't we? Yeah. Well, that a big bus for you, mate. And how did that come around to get that gig? It, I don't know. He just it come out. I think we were second ones because I think first prize fighter were that, but it, um, an heavyweight. What Ro- it Harrison? I don't know who won the first. No, what it, it Rogan? Or Rogan, him. One? Yeah, because he, I thought he were brilliant. Cause yeah, I don't mean skill. I mean the fact that yeah. He were a taxi driver and he were a proper entertaining like scrapper, weren't he? And he wanted somebody who would, he hadn't been spoon fed. I'm not saying spoon any boxer gets spoon fed, but do you know what I mean? He's not being looked after. He's just got on there and he's won. Yeah. Um, I think, did he beat Harrison as well? He did, I think, yeah. Ah. So, yeah, I did like it. But obviously, we come on the second one, they come on and say, oh, um, Glenn was saying, oh, you're on prize fighter. I went, ah, all right, Glenn, <laughs> whatever. And then, no, you're on. Anyway, then it come on. Then we'll go in down. Went down to hotel um, to do all that. We have to shadow box. He was telling me to shadow box. I'm going to do what? Shadow box. I've never ever shadow boxed in my life. <laughs> Just pretend to be punching someone. All right. So I had to do all that. Um, stayed in hotel. 
that night. Thought I got scabies when I got home, but then realised I ain't got scabies. I'd washed my clothes with insulation because I've been to it lost. But <laughs> oh, scratching yeah. like mad, I was blaming Glyn, saying he'd get us something from hotel. Um, but no, that was it. Was great experience that because um, your call when you're boxing in it, it's um, it's brilliant it's, especially if it were full because obviously it's, I boxed Tony Oka and he were he sold loads of tickets he was a massive seller wasn't he uh, it probably I think he might have even sold I don't mean that sounds a bit big out of that but he might have sold more than me I sold over 200 again mm. um, he probably did sell well over that but they were all there there were no miver or no nastiness or all like that like you won't get it at football or out but when you get into the ring it seems as if like the top tier like practically touching you. Mm. I remember turning around to Glenn and just saying to him, Gee, how loud is this? And he went, Don't get he said, breathe like take it all in. He says, because you'll not get this again. Mm. Did know. he come down to Okie Koki? I think he'd I can't remember. He always come down to Okie Koki, didn't ah, he? I think he did, yeah. He will have done uh, I bet he did. He's gotta have done any on uh, sky. But it were t- it, I tell you what, that'll worthy the final that fight. Yeah. It really was. I've said it, her apps, because I, I used to get, because obviously I used to rely on my fitness mm. to, to do it, because I've always been like quite fit. Um, so I used to rely on the fact that I could just go for like three minutes, but obviously he was the same. Mm. Um, but with him, I'd watched him box. I used to like watching him box. And he used to, when I'm saying same as me, obviously, a bit more, quite a bit more skillful. He'd box same as me. So I thought, well, town would be all right if he boxes that. Mm. But he didn't, he, he had a lot more intelligence about him. He were hitting me two or three times, pulling me out of the way, pushing me out of the way, hitting me a couple more times and just doing that. And obviously, deserved, got points win over us. It was a good fight, that, from what I gather. Uh, and um, So, but what prize money at that time for that? Was it five? They used to go up in five grand? Because no. you won the early ones. Um, you might have got the money after. Well, um, what it <laughs> we told this bloke from local pub that I got twenty five grand just because he were annoying us and he were always on about money, but you know it weren't. It were obviously when I got twenty five. Yeah. Um, to go on it, you got four eight foot semis. Yeah. Twelve foot runner up. Yeah. Um, obviously, got then you paid your your fees out of yeah. that. So it was like, obviously if you won it, were brilliant. The rest mm. it were all right, but no, we told local. Blokes, you're always obsessed with money. If you mention money with boxing, he was like, stick his ear out and listen. There's always one, isn't there? Uh, so I went, where? No, 57. <laughs> 57. <laughs> and he turned around and pretending he weren't listening, turned around and went, 57? You only got 25 if you won. I went, no, oh, that was prize money. You obviously got attendance fee for going on it. You just turned around like that thinking, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's brilliant, that, mate. But didn't Tony go on and win it? Yeah, he won yeah, it, yeah. I thought he did. And it yeah. was worth in a final, that fight. Uh-huh. Um, I know we mentioned, we, we clicked <clears> on that when Carl Wilde won in studio about your fight with that, mate. So, so yeah, a good experience. What a good build-up for a week. I think it's a good thing to be on that prize fight, yeah. mate. I mean, that'll never go away from me. It's a good, good thing to have on your record. Yeah. So we're proud of that. I know, uh, just before you go on, I know you mentioned he, he come down to Okie What we are... Uh, Ring what music? Uh, Chelsea Dagger at, oh, yeah, yeah. at first, and then end it with Bad Moon Rising with Clearwater. Yeah, yeah. Clear but it were always Chelsea Dagger at first. Um, so that used to be good when everyone used to join in with that. Oh, uh, it's a favourite then. What, what other one? Bad? Bad, Bad Moon, Moon Rising. Clearance Clearwater. Revival. I don't think I can. Oh, you do know it. I will know it then, but <laughs> obviously Scarf is a music man. I'm trying to think of that. I used one, to play but. that in one of the first bands I did for 20, 20 years yeah. ago, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's playing it actually. Well, <laughs> so I guess a comeback, Billy. You can game up there for the. So yeah, it's always good to have a prize fighter on, mate. Yeah, I but, said without with prize fighter, we're like, I don't know how to put it, but they treat you like great, like really good looks after you. I said we, we one went from hotel to um, <coughs> to <coughs> excuse me to your call. Oh, you're getting a taxi here, we'll send you. So we were obviously expecting a black taxi. We'd been in a hotel with these, like a good hotel in London. Goes outside, a big limousine, um, um, Hummer limousine pulls up. And there's only like one space. So Glenn's going, what's he doing parking there? He says, go and tell him to shift and wait for his taxi to come. I'm like, no, you're going to... Anyway, we're chuntering, blokes come out and shout with my name. I went, what? And he went, 
we, she left it, you know, cool. So obviously we went back in this massive limo thing. So you get there, then you go into changing rooms and changing rooms are like a toilet. It's like <laughs> eight years getting changed. Going, this is all my British box and you're getting changed in a disabled toilet or something, eight year. And it were nobody were talking to anyone because they were all thinking, wait, if I win, I'm going to be fighting him. Mm. You know, I'll be fighting him. But yeah. Then after the fight, um, I'm sat with all my mates watching, watching like Tony Oka comes out and goes, um, oh, um, Billy, come here, I've got something for you um, for obviously coming on show. So my mate's going, wait, what's he gaining? What's he gaining? So anyway, this bloke takes his tip bike, comes back, three pairs of Lonsdale boxer shorts and a pair of socks. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, it might have been Everlast. Well, what's relevant to that? <laughs> I bet the mate's thinking, if that had been on if that was Scarfy, they won't believe me. They, they thought they were giving me money or some yeah. extra money or something. I'd have thought Scarfy's going to get some randy. He's going to get come back with a big brown envelope uh, for the money. <laughs> for for fight at neat. They still don't believe me now. They still thought they must have given me some at all. Yeah. Uh, it's like when you go on a game show and you get a participation mug. Yes. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Blankety blank checkbook and pen. Yeah, I see, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good one to have, mate. It's, I would like, and I've never had anybody come on. We had a few lads who've been on a prize fighter, and they all said they've been tre- amazing on it. Uh-huh. And you've just, you've just said the same there. But we'll go on to a bit of a, better things there, mate. I mean, you went and you after you'd come out on prize fight, you had your first ten rounder, didn't you? Again, yeah. Sean Davis. Sean Davis, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was a nice one to get back in. We all right doing ten rounds, mate. Um, no well, apart from the fact you were punching me, but my heads, <laughs> both of his heads after that looked like we'd been run all and reversed all twice. Um, we were both in a right state, but it were a, it were a good proper scrap because he he's a proper tough kid and a nice kid and all. Mm. Um, but yeah, it were nice to obviously win. But it, yeah. last round, especially, I still remember it now, it were a case of... He were battering me, then I'd batter him, crowd would be going mad, then he'd batter me, crowd would go quiet, then he'd come back again. Then Bell went for, obviously, Glyn said, No, you definitely won the list, but obviously, at the time, I didn't. I just thought I hadn't stopped him, so it's, yeah. it's anyone's. Yeah, good 10 round to get through them, mate. So, unfortunately, <laughs> we're not going to stay on a, a winning run for long, mate, but good God, the cracking fighter to come back. We have a really nice guy as well. Um, Oh, Nathan Cleverly, mate. Uh, <laughs> I could still be boxing now with him, and I don't think I'd have hit him. Um, <laughs> I remember him getting it ringing. You think he was six six foot three, and like sizing him, you thought, damn, he's doing, like not not intimidating style. Yeah. That, but you just thought, how on earth does he get down to twelve? So then, when he's turned to the side, you thought, oh, he'll be really thin. Yeah. No, he's not. They thought, well, he'll have no like skinny legs. No, thought. Wow, does he get down to that weight? And then what he do is he practically stand over end at ring and jab you. And you think, yeah. what am I supposed to do here with somebody's <laughs> arm? But best thing were, we got, more well, like we did do the measure off, like tailor tape or whatever they called it. Mm. They measured mine from one hand to other. I was six foot three. I'm not, I'm only 5'11". They measured him, he was six foot two. So I had actually better reach than him. <laughs> I just couldn't, couldn't get anywhere near him. Good fight though, mate. Oh, he was like, He'd been doing it since he were 10. I'd practically been doing it 10 months, but it was stuff, even when I got close to him, he'd just turn you around and you're like punching fresh air. <laughs> what the f- what's he doing here? Like a magician. <laughs> nice guy though, isn't he? Oh, the and you say you met him after and he come and, come and yeah, charge you. he were down at your call again and um, we were out back at stage and uh, they were like a, like a blonde haired lass and she kept like, she was sat, we were stood up and she was sat sat like probably about 20 yards away. She kept like smiling, smiling at me. I thought, she, she looking at me? Anyway, she carried on, like smiling, trying to get me attention. I thought, next thing I've noticed this big bloke get up at the side. I thought, not a chance. I ain't done all. I've not even looked at her. So he, he's not going to say hello to me. Stops walking off. I I know him. Sticks his hand out straight away. Nathan Clever goes, all right, but he goes, our lass has just seen this before, didn't we? Like, hugged oh, us, shook his hand. He goes, how are you going on? I told him everything. Obviously, he just fought Tony Bellew. Mm. Um, so we were just talking about that, saying he were, it was the first one, saying he was glad to get it out of the way. But yeah. now we were, were a really good, really like one of them will go out on his way to talk to you. Well, that's what you want in, you know what I mean? Very humble guy. Mm. Very clever guy. One of big mathematician as well. <laughs> yeah. as well like, he... he told, before the fight, he told Glenn, he goes, 
they were doing a maths degree because we're all sat down and said to Glyn, he goes, oh, I'm doing a maths degree. So Glyn went, well, what are you going to do when you've you've got a maths degree? They went, oh, I'll get a job in City. So Glyn genuinely went, what, like at market or something like that? I even had looked at Glyn for, you know, Glyn, what do you mean? Like to me, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was winding us up, but I think it was genuine. What, in City market or something like that? Crazy, mate, crazy. <laughs> and then after that, we lost on points to a guy who gets mentioned from a few fighters. Not a very popular fighter, but he's been mentioned on our show a few times. You lost on points to Carl Dilks, didn't you? Uh, yeah, for, um, for British Ma- Masters. Masters. Thing. Yeah. Uh, um, what do you reckon to him? Um, what, are you, uh, what are you, a close fight? or? I don't know, because the way I see it, we all like that, is... If you can't stop someone, it's somebody else's opinion. So it weren't one of them where I'd say, oh, I won. The the way they get it, I think, might, they might have get it something like, I don't know, eight rounds to two. Yeah. So it were a bit closer than that, but it weren't, it, in my opinion, it weren't, oh, I won that, he's cheating. No, it, none of that. But I, I met, he were in army with Ross. <laughs> uh, well, actually, he were in army with Ross. He were in army, be, Ross. Ah, oh, of course he were, ah. Uh. Uh, I got Victoria Cross and all, um, <laughs> but now he um, he went obviously in army and then um, he'd left and then box and call uh, Ross knew him, whereas Ross joined the army, passed his training to be I don't even know what he was rifles or something, um, and then they put him on manning for recruiting team, so he never did a day's soldiering. Well, I wired him up with that all the time, but it's true. He's a good lad, is he? He's, he's a great a good, guy, great uh, guy. Yeah. I need to buy him another coffee sometime. It's I been do. too long. If he said he wants to come on the show one day, do you think he's too good? <sighs> he thinks he's too good for everything. <laughs> but no. Yeah, he's a good lad, Ross. But Ross lived at my house. He tells everyone to live with me. He didn't live with me. He lived at my house. It sounds a bit, again, suspect. But no, I let him live at my house for about three months. I ended up telling him to get out. Because <laughs> um, one night, um, I guess a phone call off somebody who I'd never know I were in bed. It was like a Friday. I work it next morning. Ross has knocked out and bought me a drive. I goes, who's this? Varda. Who? Jamie Varda. So I've gone down driving. I know he used to play for Stocksbridge or something yeah, like did. that. So I've gone down driving. I goes, we're thinking Ross was scrapping. So I've gone down drive. Goes, Where's Ross? Up my neighbour who I've never spoke to, up there driving, booted his car fast asleep. <laughs> Oh, Ross. Where is this anyway? I've opened boot. It's fast asleep. <laughs> so I thought, if neighbours come out down and see me, I don't know him. I've never seen him. They're going to think we're breaking into the car. So I've picked Ross up, put him on my shoulders. I went to pick him up. He's like, meh, like struggle. So I strangled him, put him on my boot, just lobbed him in bed. And he's like, Jamie Vardy's going, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going, why have you let him go up there? I had to go at them. And then anyway, and then obviously I had another go at Ross next day. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can't help but love the guy though I think I, oh. I, I love him to bits and I hope we haven't upset you there Ross with anything there it's all good fun well, obviously I could tell him about I Green Ross but I won't <laughs> <laughs> no that could be another podcast he might tell him when he comes on <sighs> and who'd have thought Jamie Vardy had got to mention eh uh-huh. so that's <laughs> I don't know mate but this would be one for me mate after you fought Carl Dilks right what went wrong here we lost on points to Asin's Rizani, didn't we? The old Zimbabwean road warrior. What happened? Right. There's two... Well, we were out drinking about a week before and um, we were with Carl Wilde and uh, there was a kid, he says, oh, he goes, oh, he knows um, Howard Foster. I was all jokingly, oh, tell him he's Ben, he's worst referee I've ever had. Obviously, I had a drink laughing. Anyway, the fight happens. Everyone, six rounder, everyone says you battered him for four, possibly drawn one in one one round. Anyway, I would foster Gazimbri. Oh. <laughs> so we like saying, well, it's obviously that, isn't it? It weren't, but it Because uh. <laughs> he were a proper road warrior when he aced Yeah. Jesus. Uh. Another one, oh, resigns in Birmingham. Uh. Don't they all? All yeah. the road warriors yeah. do, mate. So if I didn't sell that about our foster, mate, 
No. That could be another nice win on the belt, couldn't it? Ah, but no, we're not saying that. We were joking saying that, and then somebody said, wait, I wonder if he's... T-. And I went, he wouldn't have done that. He's, no. He's too professional. <laughs> but obviously, it sounds better me saying that. No, all in good fun, mate. All in good fun. <laughs> and then, obviously, after that, another cracking fighter, mate. Oval McKenzie, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'd, <laughs> I'd been on holiday the week before. Um, I had to pay for my granite work top for house. And, um, <laughs> I'd been getting headaches ever since um, that Sean Davis fight. Yeah. And anyway, I'd sparred with Oval before, and he he's a right nice kid. I'm not. He is a nice guy. Uh, he goes out on his way and all say hello to him. He that. does. And um, anyway, fights him, drops me, and it's on telly, playing it in front of everyone to see and all. Anyway, it gets up, walks up for, and he's leading two of them. I thought, hey, I can't see properly. I thought, I must have Vaseline in my eye. My eye started hurting a bit, but not a lot. Anyway, trying to rub it, carries on scrapping. He hits me again, and it went from, well, I had double vision. It went from double vision to seeing no, and I just couldn't see, oh, and you can see on last fight, I'm just wandering about fingers is hitting me. <laughs> it was as if he'd put me in eye, and then it, obviously pain started hurting on after the fight, yeah. and I brought me orbital flow where your eyeball sits. Oh. So, like, when people say, oh, I brought my eye socket, they hadn't brought the cheekbone, I brought where your yeah. eyeball sits. It oh. must have... Surgeon said, they reckon I'd possibly broke it when I fought that Sean Davis, but obviously it opened up when I fought Oval McKenzie because he could, obviously he could, could clout. Uh, I don't forget when he, when he tonked um, Belly over, that was funny, wasn't uh, he? He didn't win that <laughs> fight, like, but I don't think anyone expected him to knock him down like uh, that, was he? But he's a true gentleman, isn't he? He's, yeah. um, he's Oval. He's got his own gym now. Is it the Commonwealth Gym or something is open now where he is? Oh, I don't yeah, know. I've seen that on Facebook. He's doing really well. Um, well into his cooking. Is he? Aye. And um, he's a, yeah, true gentleman, mate. Uh-huh. But he could bang, couldn't he? Oh, um, uh, he could definitely bang. So you were, fight, you were, you were fighting two over Mackenzie's that night then, mate, uh, <laughs> for a while. Fighting two, and you think, well, you're supposed to hit middle one if you've got double, like, well, not double vision, but I couldn't even do that. And obviously, <laughs> you're one on your left and one on your right, and they're both connecting with you at the same time with your eyes. You thought, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> I'm rubbing my eye like mad, thinking it was Vaseline that we're in. But I've just got my mates, they all went down. He says, oh, we're going to go down with um, Oval. Do you know the bird? Yeah. That oh. green bird. Yeah. I went, you're not. I said, don't wind him really up anymore. I'm being good, though. <laughs> don't wind him up anymore and you need to keep an Oval, ain't it? Yeah. God, <sighs> oh, no. I like that duck. Yeah, that would be funny, that. It would be funny, that. I thought it was a good idea. But then, obviously, this is a good experience for you, mate. I think we talked about this, met up before. It went to, went to a... And you fought Dustin Dirks in Germany, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. That, was that a good experience? Yeah, that were that yeah. were that were me um getting ready fight back in after I brought my eye socket. Cheers, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> but I was supposed to fight um I can't know who it was, somebody down in London. So he told us on Thursday, he goes, Oh, um, your fight's off. So I was like, Oh no. So he goes, Oh, but I've got you a good fight in Germany against and I went, How much? So he, do you want to know what it's against? I'm not bothered who it's against. He went, <laughs> well, you're going to Germany, all this, all that. So anyway, we went, goes to Germany, and it was, a, it was some world title fight. Mm. Um, I don't know the names. Um, at Rostock, there were 7,000 people wow. watching. But they they are a bit weird, Germans. Because they sit, not like when British fight, they're horrible to each other, yeah. aren't they, and stuff. Like, I don't know, you might get some from Leeds, some from Bristol. Um, but they're all sat there just getting golf claps out. So yeah. you're thinking, obviously, me and him's boxing. And you couldn't hardly eat a crowd at all until one of us landed a, well, mm. mainly him landed a punch. Um, but same again, they they pick you up in a, a fate, no, like phaetons, aren't they? Them big yeah. things. Done down Autobahn, doing about 140 or something more. I was sat there like, oh, slow down. You're not getting any faster. Um, but yeah, but I boxed him. I rung my mate up um, who knew more about boxing than me. And um, I goes, he goes, oh, you're fighting. So I told him, like Dustin Dirks. I goes, what's it like? He goes, give us a minute, I'll ring your bike. So he rings his bike. Normally he's like, oh, don't worry, you'll batter him, you'll do this, the other. Rings his back, he went, um, you, you be, he's not fought anyone like you. What do you mean? He went, well, he's not fought cleverly, just just keep moving. And then I went, back. Well, what are you on about? I've never moved one, put phone down on me. Then obviously I got back and saw videos that he was yeah. seeing for. No wonder he was saying that. Nah. Kids dancing round him, hitting him. Then he hits them once and they're like, whoa. Yeah. And stops him. <laughs> uh, Bit of a toughie one, he, mate. Ah, uh, yep. 
He hit me on, end at first round. Bell went, plain as, to me, it was plain as day, Bell went. I've put my hands down, he's gone, bang, hit me on side. I thought, clear as all, I'd said to the referee, what, well, you're all right with that, when Bell's gone hitting me. Obviously, I've seen video after, it looks like I'm going, hey, hey, no. just sit down <laughs> in corner. I thought, Jesus. I ended up with a massive lump on my head where he was just jabbing me. And it ended up getting that, like even just off a jab, it was getting yeah. painful with him hitting me. Like, my eyes, both eyes ended up being closed later on. Wow. Um, but I dropped his weird body shot. He called Ilks it is with the same shot, but he is with body shot like an idiot. I went down. It takes like, 10, 15 seconds yeah. to go out. Carl Dilks hit me with it. Got winded, mate. It's one of them where you make that daft noise. Mm. So I stood there and called, Carl Dilks won't go near us. But obviously I went down with that Dilks. Uh, sorry, with uh, Dirks, Dustin Dirks. Goes to get back up. Referee went, you all right? So obviously I'm like, yeah, I'm sound. Just went, no, you're not. <laughs> Waved it off. Oh, then I went back down after that. Well, that your biggest payday? No. No, yeah. I thought that would have been. I didn't want to know how much. I just thought that might have been the one. No. You know, we're going away and... No, it was paid notice. in euros, which Glyn told me it were in pounds. It went <laughs> pound, well, like, threepence hit me compared with leading euros. So I thought, hey, sound. Did they pay you in euros then? Yeah, they paid me in euros. Yeah. In actual cash euros. I'm like, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> uh, but no, uh, cleverly, what? Biggest one. Biggest one. Uh, mm. See, I just thought we'd been... Makes sense, cleverly be a biggest payday, obviously. Because I take it you were in Wales that fight, wasn't no, it? No, no, it was at your call. Were it at your call? Yeah. Yeah, you did. I said, you just said that, yeah. Uh-huh. Silly me. I just thought, with Justin Dirk's been at short notice and you're going over there, I, I thought that might have been your biggest payday. No, no. But no, that. cleverly what? Yeah. But then after fight, obviously you're not supposed to drink and all that, all right? I've gone down, my eyes are nearly closed. We've gone into the bar where all spectators mm. are. We sat down in the middle of the bar having to drink me and Les because Les went away with us. Um, having a drink next thing, all smashing, kicking off. They were like, I don't know if they were like Turkish fans or something like that against yeah. German fans, not football, but yeah. they were like that and they're all kicking off around, all scrapping round us. Les is like pulling us, I went, oh, just stay here, just ignore all scrapping round us. <laughs> but then they were like sort of stopping to look at state of my face. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, what's happened to him? Like, but uh, then obviously we they finished and we went. But then next day, I had some bright idea because I wanted to get back to go down to Shakespeare down in Hillsborough. To get back, we weren't flying till, I don't know, say six o'clock, something like that, or a bit later. Get to airport on first transport and we'll get an earlier flight. Les is like, no, we won't, we won't. We will, Les, we will. Anyway, it gets to airport. We couldn't get an earlier flight. We were in airport 13 hours. At this point, my eyes had completely oh, closed. My head were a right mess. And when Germans walked past you, you know, like if you see someone with someone in their face, you'll look and yeah. then look away and think, no, I'm not staring. Germans were stopping, staring, <laughs> just looking at you. Like. <laughs> but they get it up playing and they were, they're all scousers, all um, arrows, yeah. uh, whatever you call them, aerostesses, but blokes. Oh, I suppose other guy were a right mess. Yeah, I knocked him out. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, well, that would have good. Well, it would have good experience in all in all, apart yeah. from your face, mate. Oh. <laughs> and the body shot. I'd have to have, but that would have run about, there were 7,000 watching. Yeah. They were quite as old, so I thought they must have been mm. a concourse, getting a drink or something. After the fight had finished, a lot of them stood up clapping, I thought. I mean, all the proper boxing fans. Yeah. <laughs> they are very respectful, the Germans. Yeah. yeah. They are very nice. Well, they said they're nice people. Yeah. Uh, you're a bit of German yourself, aren't you, yeah, mate? Yeah, I've been a couple of times, I know. Mm, a bit of German in me, So... When they went World Cup or something, you know, joke ah, out of that, mm, not. no, we're not going to make a joke <laughs> out of that. And then a guy I used to like to watch box after that, uh, I don't know if you remember much about him, China Clark. Yeah, uh, boxed him at uh, Leeds. Was it near the beginning of his career, that? I don't know. I thought it was were, it were too... F- 2011. Obviously, one of your back ends. Yeah. I don't know if he were just starting out. or Because um, I don't think he'd had many. He'd only had yeah. like five or six. Mm. But no, that... I'm not going to say I won that one, but it was one of them what you'd say were a lot closer, if not that. But no, they were all right. <laughs> they were not right memorable, apart from it were in Leeds. Yeah. Oh. Well... <laughs> I'm sure that says he went on to have a half decent career Did in China, didn't he? Yeah, because uh, uh, they were saying to me before, yeah. "Oh, he's good. Oh, he can do this. He can do that." And I thought he were all right. He obviously won, but yeah, 
Yeah, not to worry about there, mate. But going on to one last fighter I wanted to mention before it come to close to your career, mate. Um, mentioned this guy before. I think you're only, I can't remember what, but someone else fought him as well. Joe McIntyre, you fought, didn't you? Where would that him? I don't, I don't know, he's a Portsmouth lad. Ah, been yeah, mentioned I before. was just going to say, I fought him down at Brighton. Right, yeah. that makes sense. Ah, because I remember that and I thought, um, oh, sorry, Tony Oakey were here as mm. well and I was talking to him down there, I remember that. Yeah. No, we just... Nothing special? I can't, no, really that good. I know he were a bit, not nasty, a bit mardy. What he? Because I never held on. Mm. I think I held on once to... Dustin Dirks, because I like tripped all, so yeah. I held on to him so I didn't fall. But I used to get held on to probably four or five times around. Referee mm. never said, oh. And then once we him, I think same again. I, I don't know if he grabbed me or I grabbed him. Like, he weren't a punch at all, and he was like, get off. Like, push the fuck. She's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, but he's still going, you know. Is he? He's just lost this month to Shaqan Pitters. Yeah. So it's it was a good one to get on last. I, mean, I, mean, last, I can't remember who we had on on the show a few weeks back and he fought him as well and at the time it was before he was going to fight Shaq and Peters so obviously I've had you on since Bill and he mm-hmm. lost to him so you don't make memorable about that then mate just he were good mm-hmm. uh, but no he weren't like Cleverly or Dustin Dirks or even like Oval McKenzie or um, Tony Oakey they were no I don't mean that in a disrespectful yeah. way I was just saying he'd probably only just turned pro at that I think point. he had yeah but yeah we've won a good one to have record mate I said you don't go with Shaq and Peter, do you, unless you've um, mm. you made something of yourself, mate? Yeah. So, are we going to say that your biggest payday were also your toughest opponent in Nathan Cleverly, would you say? I can't, because I didn't last long. I didn't even hit him, so yeah. I don't know how tough he were. <laughs> <laughs> Got class head butting his fist as me hitting him, can I? But no. Um, no, uh, probably toughest would be either Sean Davis or... Um, Dustin Dirks. Dustin Dirks. Because mm. that Dustin Dirks was a bit weird. He just never... He'd, yeah. He had about the same movement that I had, mm. but you just couldn't... I don't know what it was. You just couldn't, couldn't seem to properly hit him. And if he did, it didn't really affect him. Whereas Sean Davis, it might have affected him, but he just come back at you straight away. It was a good win now, that, that Sean Davis. Uh, it was. That was probably one of your better wins, you say? I felt Probably worse. your first 10-rounder. Yeah, I felt... Horrible, I think I went home and threw up because I think mm. I had concussion, but obviously if I'd done my eye, that's probably why. Well, that but... makes sense, doesn't it? And yeah. That, um, well, that's me done, but we'll carry on. Is there anyone that wants to mention, Billy? Um, there's people like, like I said, my, my mate's dad sponsor and that. Um, you used to get people trying to offer you money all the time and well, my name, 30 year old bloke, why would I take money off another man? I'm yeah. not doing you any favours, has he? But... Um, but then, like, my mate's dad, he'd go out on his way to try and help you and stuff like yeah. Steve Carr, like stuff like that. But then you had people like Glyn, Les, Matt, um, John Wood, who used to take us all over, amateurs. Because, like, when we turned pro, um, when I were at amateurs, obviously John knew that I couldn't box to save my life, but he knew that I could put pressure on him. Yeah. So he just used to say, run out, first punch, over and right, hit him with that, and then just batter him. He says, just do that. Obviously, then when I went pro, Glenn's going, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. You're not going to be able to keep that up for six rounds, and I am. So, obviously, I just carried on doing that. Um, so, obviously, thanks to them. But it's like people like Glenn, they don't really get as much credit as yeah. what they think because, well, this might sound stupid now. That when I was, say, 14, 15, you couldn't go past the bus stop without it being smashed up or a wheelie bin on fire. Yeah. Because kids had, they still had boxing, and that, but they didn't, you know what I mean? They didn't go as much as probably what they do now. Whereas now, obviously, they've got something to do with and the amount of kids he's took from that. Because I said before, I used to piss about and be an idiot with football and what have you. Mm. It stopped me doing that straight away. So he just gives people things to do. Are we still in contact with Glenn? Yeah. Oh, all time, yeah. Right then. Well, Carl, Wal- Carl Wilde failed on the mission. I'm going to set you on the mission, Billy. Can you get me a copy of his book signed? Uh, I'm trying to think if I owe him 20 quid for one I got off him. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, forget about be, it. Yeah, no. I'm not paying him 40. Uh, no, no, I'll get, I'll get him to get one, yeah. But it's, it, I just thought I mentioned that book, like, it's got a lot of... It, 
I bet it's a good book to read that. And yeah. obviously I do like to, if possible, get it from the person themselves. Cause yeah. Well, I invited him on. I messaged him on Instagram. I don't yeah. know if he's particularly busy on Instagram, like, um, just to say, do you fancy come on? You've been mentioned loads of times by people. We'd love yeah. to have him on, like. So. Yeah, I think we're just getting started. Like I said, we're only a small little thing, aren't we? But yeah. if he wants to come on, he's more than welcome to come on. And like he said, I just think it's important, like, before we finish, Bill, that you, you mention them people because, yeah. you know, they don't get enough mentions. Uh-huh. And um, I'd never like to people to finish an interview we at and, you know, mention the guys who are important to them. And I'm yeah. glad we've done that, mate. So I'd just like to say thanks for coming on, Billy, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Oh, cheers. Thanks And for um, wishing you all the best. Oh, cheers. Thank you. The Journeyman Cape is produced by James Proud. Music by Ryan Carrier. Special thanks to Rhythmic Studios for hosting. All views expressed are of the guests only. The Journeyman Cave and host bear no responsibility for any opinions given. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Journeyman Cave.